we say hello and gamma joba to halftime at midnight, your podcast about Georgian football in English. My name is Amir, and of course, it's a pleasure to also introduce my good friend and co-host on the other side of the globe, Kaki. Hi, Amir, and hello, everyone. Welcome to our 16th episode. Today, we have a lot of topics to go through. Not only good news, I'm afraid, but certainly some interesting matters to review, Amir. Definitely. And uh, before we go into that, we know we've been off for like a month. Uh, you know, Kaki, you've been in Mexico. I've been moving houses. Things haven't just happened. So, but we're glad to be back to discuss uh, the league we all care about the most. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, great times to be back. And uh, we do have a lot to talk about as things have uh, progressed, uh, both forward and backwards in some areas when it comes to Georgian football, as it is, you can never be having a fantastic month where everything just goes perfectly. Um, but um, before we get into that, um, what happened with our teams, we will first begin to talk a little bit about some player focus. And uh, I guess we start right away. And Kari, I want to ask you, uh, did you see what happened in Valencia the other day? Oh, yes. Do you mean our great guys debut? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, Mamar Dasweli, he had a very interesting preseason, and thankfully he 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 was selected to to make his debut in the Liga, and the game was also prominent. They played with ten guys, so he was kind of pushed in some of the some of, in some moments, and he was pretty decent. Uh, I want to say that we need to keep our heads down because, uh, well, of course it was it was a good performance, but we need to save our euphoria for now. You know, I, I see the media; they're getting crazy, and you know they're not used to have. You know our boys in, in in the big leagues, but uh, let's allow him to to keep working the same way he has been doing so far. It seems he knows what he's doing. But Emir, what I, what I really want to mention here is that, uh, and I want to ask you as well, uh, the goalkeeping position in the national team starts to become very competitive now. As you remember, uh, Mamar Dashwili was the fourth choice after Loria Makaridze and even Kupatadze, but but now after these performances with Valencia and his debut in the La Liga. Do you think this list has to change? I mean, I would be very mad if he's not the number one goalie next. It would be uh, a coaching offense uh, if he did not start the next games. At least the ones of importance. I'm talking about the World Cup qualifiers. The rest, sure, they can experiment all they want. But now we have a La Liga goalie. And if you don't start with him, I don't know what we are waiting for then. What do we want to have produced if we're not going to start a uh, like a goalie starting for for a team like Valencia. And let's remember, Mamadashvili was signed originally to be part of the the kind of Valencia B side. But due to some injuries on the other uh, keepers, he got a chance now, after having impressed in preseason, to start. Now, he really took his chance, and I don't think they will move him uh, from this position until he messes up um, anything. So even when Silesen is back who is the regular number one. I think Mamadas really has made a case for himself and impressed both teammates, coaches, uh, media in Spain are just as as uh, yeah crazy, euphoric as the ones in Georgia. I can guarantee that. And uh, I'm I'm a bit opposed to you there. I, I'm, I'm going crazy on this uh, euphoria train, uh, Kathy. So uh, I think I was even tweeting after the game like, you know, Neuer, Oblak, but we will soon hear about Mamadashvili in the same context. And, of course, it's a bit of a... It's 
very big words of just a game. But the thing is, he's it's not just a one-off game anymore. It's been the full preseason. It has been the exact same in Lokomotivi during the European matches. And now he's doing it on the high, high, very high level. So that's why I'm so confident that it's not a it's not just a lucky run anymore. You know? Hmm. Yes, but there's another question to you. Well, Loria, Loria has has been the goalkeeper of the national team six times against Spain, four times against France, uh, like two times against Germany, mm-hmm. against big rivals, and he had really good and decent performances there. And we we will still like consider. Well, we are hyped. That that's that's understandable. But we will still consider Mamar Dashvili over Loria, even if he played one game in La Liga. Is that enough? Yes, because there will be more for sure, and and that's why you know I don't I don't like to use how many games as the number one measurement of who should start. The thing is, one is in Cy- is is in Cyprus, right, Loria? Yes, yes. Yes, one is in Cyprus and one is in Valencia, and we are going with the Cyprus keeper. That's that goes. I mean, that for me defeats all logic. What sports about? Like you pick the best possible team and. I don't think that Loria is the best. He's had his time. He's he's been good, but also I've not felt so confident with him in the national team. It should be said, in my opinion, the Spain loss at home, you know, the two-one, the two-one goal was all his. So while he's been good, he's also made some some mistakes, and I don't I don't feel like I feel actually more safe with my mother's really. And I think, when are we going to get his time? When he has had a full season in La Liga? I don't know what we're waiting for. Yeah, I agree with you. I think in the next games I would like to see him because he's in a good moment right now. And we need we need this kind of players in, in the upcoming matches. We need some mm-hmm. points there. So, yeah, I, I will definitely go by Mamadou Chile because he's the prospect, you know. And this yeah. is the best time to start putting him in the, in the spot so he can get used to the, to the shirt. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. So it's nice to see we have a very strong goalkeeping position uh, in the national team. It's great depth there. You know, I, I was thinking, which countries have the best sort of, you know, surprisingly good uh, strong uh, goalkeepers? What came to your mind was like Slovenia, small nation. You know, they have Oblak and Handanovic. Yeah. Are Georgia starting to near this kind of, you know, secretly having great goalkeepers? Hmm. Well, I don't know, but it will be really good. It will be really good, and mm. and I have to say that usually goalkeepers were our our soft spot, even worse than our defenders. And with all due respect, but we had, I remember Lomaya. We suffered with a lot with him with Soidze, Devadze. I mean, um, the guys were just uh, not brilliant. Um, so this time, I, I'm I'm seeing that things are changing. Even Kupatadze, I like him a lot, and his debut with the national team was also really good. Mm. And he with Dinao Batumi, he was also he's been so far pretty awesome. By the way, he's positive on COVID. We hope he recovers soon. Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Something has changed in the recent years, and definitely goalkeeping is something that at least we have learned somehow. So yeah, with Mamada Shrili and Kupatadze there, uh, I feel safe for now. And we we should not forget that Makarizzi is still in the age, so see he still can can compete. So. On the level of national team, uh, I'm I'm feeling good with this. So Absolutely. yeah, hopefully, hopefully Mamarda can can give us a huge uh, euphoria in the future once he becomes like a, 
uh, more prominent what, of what he is right now. Yeah, I just want to mention one last thing while on this topic is that uh, I was so excited that I skipped watching Arsenal's debut against Brentford just to watch Mamadish really standing goal for Valencia. I mean, uh, that's uh, I was just watching the goalkeeper. Like I wanted to just see his goalkeeping actions and. Knowing you wanted them to have result. a penalties. You wanted to Hetafe to have penalties so you could see <laughs> Mamarda stopping him. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted the camera to be on him, to be on him at some point. You know, everything, just seeing how he communicates, what he's doing when the ball is not near his goal, and these kind of things. I was really like looking at, at him closely in all uh, in all aspects. So, for the first time in a very long time, I'm giving up an Arsenal game to watch this two meter giant Georgian goalkeeper instead. So, well, it was very, a good choice at the end, right? Because Arsenal, yeah. <laughs> well, saved, we don't we don't have to speak about that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I saved myself a big, uh, a big heartbreak. Uh, no, let's move on because we have more players in the to focus on here. And uh, a quick one we can mention is that Jorbelidze has moved on loan to Dynamo Dresden, uh, leaving Wolfsberger just to get some more minutes. I guess we uh, we agreed before at least that this was a good a good move. Yeah, this proves what we have mentioned before, Emil, as you said. Um, uh, he has been developing very fast and he's becoming a very strong competitor on that side. Uh, considering that we had no clue on who, who to place on the left back in our national team at the beginning of, of the current season, Gilberlize well, could become one of the fastest rising stars we've had in a long time. And I'm glad he's having this golden opportunity in Germany. I like Dynamo Dresden. And I believe he will get many minutes and, and become even better with, with the time. Um, so I'm not sure, but our favorite Mosquito is, is going in a prominent way. They don't speak a lot about him, but uh, yeah, the good thing is that he's, he's working silently and he's growing a lot. I really like him. I really like him, to be honest. And, uh, um, you know, I'm seeing a huge development on him. So I'm really proud of that. Absolutely. I agree. And then, we, of course, we have, I'm almost tired of bringing this topic up all the time, but we have to because it's uh, now two more weeks of the window and things can change. And, of course, I'm talking about uh, death, taxes and the Kvaratskhelia rumors. That's, the, <laughs> that's uh, you know, some things that can never escape uh, in life. So I don't know where he ends up. I saw a Georgian journalist, uh, basically the closest that we have to, uh, to having a Georgian, Fabrizio Romano, uh, saying that uh, there's Tottenham and Juventus uh, being the hottest ones. Now we'll see if that's true. But uh, yeah. we will know for sure in uh, two weeks maximum. What do you feel? But you know, yeah, it's almost clear that he's leaving because he's not playing uh, a starter anymore. He's not playing the complete matches. Uh, it, it really looks like he's moving. Um, so, yeah, apparently the one thing it's, it's annoying me a lot, Amir, is that all the rumors about so many teams and at the end uh, none of them were actually real options. Uh, apparently Milan was never on the paper and they spoke about Milan for like three or four months. So I don't know what to believe right now. Yeah, now they speak about Tottenham, uh, but this is the fourth or fifth uh, English club they, they mentioned it's interested on, on, on Quara. But you know the, the only thing I know is that he's, he's definitely moving. But at this point, I'm starting to believe that he's going somewhere else in Russia. I'm, I'm starting to think that he's not moving to Europe. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. No, like I said, the days are counting and we will know very soon. Uh, another player I want to highlight is Kiteshvili, who, uh, since signing the contract, is showing no signs of slowing down. I think uh, 
still a very very important part of Sturm Graz and uh, to be fair one of the better players in the Austrian Bundesliga in my view and it's not just because we follow Georgian football but um, he's been having um, a fantastic sh- like uh, run of form uh, points and you know goals assists during preseason and also during the opener uh, in the Austrian league don't don't you don't you think about Kobiashvili when you speak about Kite? It's like a, a similar profile in, in many aspects. Like mm. uh, uh, you know, he's the captain. Uh, he has he keeps his head down. He works silently. Uh, I don't know. He's uh, he's a great professional. I when every time I see him playing and at all the environment around him, uh, I, I remember Kobe. I don't know why. So yeah, I, I, don't you have the same feeling, Emir? Or just crazy? No, you're just crazy. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> uh, I just. I, I don't think of him as in in those comparisons, to be honest. But I, I can see why you're thinking that, though. Um, while on this topic uh, about Sturm Graz specifically, I saw that they signed a specific kind of uh, agreement with um, with the Kitesh Willis agent uh, about like uh, I think it's more of like a scouting deal. So. I don't know exactly what is included, but um, the key, what to take from that specifically, is that Sturm has a big interest in the Georgian football market, and due to the success that they have had with Kitishvili, they want to continue to be first, the number one team, to uh, target upcoming talented Georgian players. So I think this is why they kind of signed this exclusive little agreement. Which is good. I mean, I would like to see more Jordan players take those kind of steps rather than going, you know, say straight to Russia. Yeah, I agree. Even if it was not easy at the beginning, if you remember, Kita was not constantly playing, mm. uh, and then he he got his chances and he had to prove it. He had to prove his discipline, his his character, and you know, this this is not like a gift they gave him. You know, he had to work hard for it. So maybe that's the problem we we, we could have in the future because. Um, certainly, some Georgian players are lazy to work hard, so you know um, that's 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 why I would say, yeah, of course, it's the, the intention is great in the deal, but not sure not sure how this will become in something actively like uh, proper for us. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm just, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't trust it on our boys. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we've had too many bad examples. Yeah. No, I guess this is up to the agent and the scouts to really be sure about not only how they perform in on the football pitch, but also how they are as person. Do they have the mental aspects and all these things? Because it's a whole package that you're getting after all. Uh, for example, one player who could be moving or could have moved, for example, to a team like Stungras would be uh, Gagnitsa. But instead, now he plays in Russia, in, uh, in Ural. And... Uh, well, he did play a couple of minutes for Ural, but uh, the following game he was not even on the bench. And to be fair, I've not even uh, looked up the news on whether he was injured or not. I just find it strange still. You know, in my view, he should have had three 90-minute games with Ural. But he's yeah. been like, I think, half an hour in total, over three matches now. And one game was stuck on the bench, another game not even included in the squad. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but I'm not liking the early signs here. Hmm. Well, let's hope this is about adaptation hmm. and there's not an injury because we need to, him to develop into the player we believe he can become. Uh, but I, I don't know, Amir, I, I feel like I hear like disappointment in your voice. Am I yes. correct? 
yes, a bit of frustration because I had so big plans for him and you know, you're worried when things don't go as you're imagining in your head and this is uh, why I'm having this kind of doubtful uh, tone. Yeah, I couldn't consider him to, to, to be part of the national team even in the youth right now because he's not playing at all. Uh, well, some minutes, as you mentioned, but that's not good enough for for, for any sport in the national team, even if he's if, even if he's abroad. So yeah, I'm I'm really worried that he his career might go backwards after this. So yeah, uh, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Time yeah. will say. Yeah, I know you're very excited about the next player we're going to talk about, and that is our lost. I don't know. I almost forgot him, but he still exists <laughs> in the football world, and. It is Georgi Chakotadze, who is back uh, playing with Kent. And uh, apart from getting a substitution, he came on as a sub in uh, against Riga, RFS. Uh, I saw you shared with me a highlight of one of his good actions. He dribbled past a couple of defenders and uh, forced a yellow card. But today, actually, as we are recording this, he also... You were watching this before we got on this call. You made an assist. Yes, and, and you know, we have mentioned several times during our episodes that Chuck pays back, and then suddenly he's injured again. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's been uh, this kind of roller coaster uh, since the first minute. But, you know, uh, this time, hopefully, it's different. Uh, I saw both matches, Amir, and, and, and Chuck looked pretty nice. Uh, I, I didn't expect this uh, to this to be my 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 comment on on this. You know, after so long, uh, he didn't took well. He didn't look afraid of being aggressive, technical, on receiving fouls. Um, his nice passing skills as as usual, still fast running. I don't know. I really uh, I really hope he can keep this way. And the good thing here is that I'm I'm thinking also about the national team matches coming up, and uh, I kind of see Chakwe. Uh, becoming regularly in, in, in a good shape. So if he continues like this, if he plays the upcoming two or three weeks, uh, for sure I, I, I'd hope to see him in the list of the national team. Uh, that would be really awesome. So can we say now, once and for all, Chakwe is back? Well, I will, I will keep it for a while. Okay, <laughs> Maybe another week. It. He is Georgian, <laughs> so we cannot use it. Any other nationality, <laughs> we could say that. <laughs> Uh, do you feel fine with all the player uh, focus that we've uh, mentioned so far? Of course, of course. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about another one which we, we, we forgot mm-hmm. to mention, and it's the rumor about Azarovi. I don't know. I don't know if you want to if you want to go through that one. Yeah, I just uh, saw some article. I don't remember where, but I saw the club uh, Dinamo Zagreb being linked to. I don't know if they had uh, expressed an interest in him, but seemingly Dinamo Batumi says no for the time being. Because they want to keep, they want to keep their squad. I mean, they have said no to Flamarion leaving, and and even uh, well now, uh, Azarovi, for example. It seems they're trying to resist uh, the interest, or you know, to be picked apart from mm-hmm. stronger teams. Clever, stupid. What you what you rated? Well, it's clever uh, because you want to you want to get into the into European group stages, and we will st- we will speak about this uh, later on in the episode, but. Um, the 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 wrong thing here is that these rumors were before they got knocked, so I'm not sure what will happen now because when you're a player and you have this kind of opportunity, maybe he, in that moment he was excited because they still got a chance to to qualify to the Conference League group stage, but now that they don't, 
maybe he will be more pushed to you. Like, okay, I don't want to waste another year in the Omaglesi Liga. Maybe I can go abroad and, and, and already start building my career. So not sure what will happen from now, but definitely Azarovi has been another player which, which has improved a lot. And well, even if he goes, well, Zagreb is, is not a weak team. He's a really good competitor and he will learn a lot. And definitely I will take it like a, like a step ahead in his career. Would you? Uh, yeah, as a player, I hope he's ambitious enough and wants to leave Batumi. I mean, he's sort of, he's had the recent to be able to try the national team. He's done some good performances in Europe with his, uh, with, um, with Batumi. Uh, I still, I don't see him as a left back though. I, I think he will waste his career being a left back. I mm-hmm. think uh, you should move him up the field. You can be on the left, left-hand side, but be more of a winger. Uh, I think his physical frame will be more useful in those kind of situations and instead of being a liability defensively. Uh, because even in the national team, I've not been convinced by his defensive, uh, well, everything, positioning, the way he, yeah, the way he kind of approaches the defensive uh, game. So uh, that's just my view. But I do hope that to see him in a different environment soon enough. And I'm guessing Batumi will do it eventually. Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely. While we're on the topic, should we switch focus to what happened in Europe for our teams? Yes, you want to start with the good news or the bad news? <laughs> oh, we'll start with the good news. It's been a long time since we started with good news, right? <laughs> okay, so I, I'm guessing that the good news are, are Dinamo Batumi. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, even if they were knocked out in the end, let's not forget the whole whole run and the, the joy that they still gave. The fact that you didn't have to fear being embarrassed watching the Georgian team in Europe. You know, you could actually enjoy the evenings, you know, just watch the game, not fearing that this would be like a 5-0 embarrassment like the other Dynamo. So, mm-hmm. I mean, beating Bataborisov, for example, with that 4-1 victory away, that was the first big like wow moment for me. And that there and then they crossed like a like a Georgian mental hurdle for me because right? these kind of oppositions normally would that would be the end of story for many of our team. They overcame that, and still they repeated. They repeated the kind of you know flow in the same uh, in the next game against Sivaspor at home losing. So they lost uh, 1-2 at home in the last minute. And I'm thinking it's weird because at home, they have a new arena. They have very, very passionate, loud fans. And still, somehow, they don't win at home. But they only win when they're on the road. So I don't know what that is. Do they feel some weird pressure uh, when they play at home and you know they, they can't capitalize on their chances? Or what is it? Why aren't they performing better at home in Europe. Yeah, I would say it's because they feel the pressure. And that has happened before for to, to Georgian clubs. I remember many scenarios when we were when we played better away and when we came we came back we, we lost it. So yeah I, I would say that's the reason Emir because they're not mm. used to that kind of scenarios. And hopefully they will slowly. Because you know even even if we have a new stadium in, in Batumi um, they hosted their like three or four teams, right? It's not too much, not then, not too many. Mm. So maybe after one year of having this this uh, this environment, and when they receive 
uh, broad teams, they will they will kind of feel home. Right now, they don't feel like home uh, still. You know, it's it's just too new for all of them. It's there for them. It's still a new stadium, new environment, new fan club. For for them, it's everything new. So maybe in in a year they will be more used. So I'm guessing that it's gonna be better on that side. Yeah, maybe you're right. They need to build some history there first. Of course, of course. But on the side of football, you know, uh, you know, they managed to to prove to to all of us that with consistency and acceptable, uh, let's say, medium range projected developing projects, uh, you can start achieving important things in Georgia. You know, it is not one day to another that you that you manage to reach European group stages, Amir. And even if you consider the almighty Dynamo Tbilisi in 1981. Uh, there were several years of, of little steps towards what became in, in the in the major success of the Georgian football in history. I mean, they lost several years with weaker rivals. So they had this this kind of strange results. It was not like they from from nowhere they became champions in Europe, right? So uh, if you check the countries around us, similar to our conditions and which are now considered usual entries in the European tournaments. Uh, they also started this way, you know, flirting with the qualification year after year. And uh, at the end, they managed to get their tickets. And by the way, this is the path covered by, by sorry, by Bate Borisov many long years ago. And if you ask me, uh, this victory against Bate was a huge uh, statement they made. You know, they, they, they put their names, I mean, Dinamo Batumi, they put their names on the table. And I'm, I'm guessing that if, if they continue like this and they, they can keep the team the upcoming year, they will definitely they will definitely join a group stage. Uh, for now, what they have to do and their major task is to become champions of Georgia. That's it. If they do that, I can guarantee you that they will join a group stage in European tournaments next year. I'll take that guarantee. I like the word guarantee. Of course. <laughs> of course you like it. It's, we're not used to that. <laughs> no, you know, well, we are used to it on the other way around, guaranteed failures. Oh, but I yeah. want to take a short moment to just move across the border for a little while and actually congratulate Alashkert of Armenia for reaching a group stage. So, and I cannot help but feeling a bit jealous also at the same time. I don't know what's your feeling there. Am I just too, uh, too uh, sentimental in this case? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that you are, uh, you know, from my side, I'm actually proud of, of, of Alashkert and, uh, and our brothers of Armenia. Uh, and despite their, their not being on the, on, on, the, on the picture in the recent, let's say, 30 years, because they've, they've not been, even been close to, to qualifying to the group stage. And now they, they do. But if you see the last year, they had a really good campaign uh, on that side. Mm. The Armenian clubs, they, they were pretty decent. Uh, you can see the, uh, by the results of their clubs that, that they have become more competitive in the last years. So this is what I was talking about. You know, it's not like you just bring some players in, in June and in July you're beating everyone and you're going to the group state. That's not the way you build a club. That's, that's not the Georgian way. model. <laughs> that's the Georgian model, which, by the way, has failed always. So, you know, Alashkar did it on, on the other way. They took, like, reference clubs like Pate Borisov, Clubs from Azerbaijan, clubs for Kazakhstan, uh, which have uh, been constructive on, on on this way, and and they did it. You know, now they're playing in a group stage. They just have to decide on which one. They still have uh, really good options for the Europa League, 
So, uh, you know, at the end, this is what we, all, all of us want. You know, we are in the same conditions. All of the former Soviet countries were playing in, in Europe. Uh, besides, of course, uh, with the exception of, uh, of Ukraine and Russia. Uh, so, you know, they did it. And we're still there in the same spot, jumping like donkeys. And uh, it's not Armenia's fault that we feel jealous. It's it's fault of our clubs uh, yeah. because they just, uh, they have mismanagement problems. And, and that's that's the correct thing. Mm. And you just said the word mismanagement. And I want to take a moment here also to, to speak about that because I saw uh, something which was published by uh, Dinamo Tbilisi on their website. They are restructuring to kind of get a better grip on how they manage the club. Yeah. And uh, I don't know exactly what they're doing, what their plan is, because I, I read the whole thing with a translator. Yeah. So but from what I could gather is that they will have a, they'll have a board and then a separate kind of sports director who handles the sports side of things. And uh, a quote which I, which I got a bit stuck on was, was this. I will read a quote. Now is the right time to start a new structure. This will allow Dynamo to become a modern, financially strong, and result-oriented club. And this was said by Roman Pipia. And <laughs> now we want to become a result-oriented club. Like, is that, is that what he's saying? So we, they weren't before? Well, it is embarrassing. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> saying that now we understand that we must be a result-oriented club. After... After- 10 or 12 years that he's been in the spot. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Well, apparently they want to bring some, some experts in different areas. So, so who, who they had in in this in these years, who were working in the spots. They mentioned their human resources, uh, finances, marketing. Who, who was working there in that spot? I mean, you're, they were running a football club. What they thought, they were kind of selling blocks or, or, or what's what's the the underground of, of, of what they did before because you know the, this might be either a real project that that they are pushing now or they're just selling smoke to decrease the massive criticism um, they have received after the this uh, this unsuccess, unsuccessful years in here so mm. I'm worried about that maybe they're just you know uh, I, I'm guessing that they're selling sand in a desert <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on there. So, do you think this is just a smokescreen, like uh, just to calm down the criticism and the, and you know all the media and everyone's hate uh, yeah. on Dynamo right now to say, look, look, we're we're going to change, and this is how, and then that's just words and no actions. Yeah, that happened before. That's the reason I I don't trust it. I don't buy it. You know, uh, and honestly speaking, the overall situation of the club is catastrophic. Um, and, and you know the reason why this hurts is because each and every one of us are sure that Dinamo Spalisi, with all its resources and capabilities, they should be able to build a, a better project, Emir. And, and you know we're we're getting tired of this. Uh, and it is easy to understand that this is a complete administrative failure. Even they agree on that. You know they come up and they say, okay, we're gonna make some changes now. Well, well, maybe the changes that nothing is worked. Maybe the changes that you just you just have to remove the tree from the bottom. You know from from all its roots, you know, and start a new one. Um, so I, I'm, I'm guessing that we'll have to wait a couple of more years to see something decent there. And uh, honestly speaking, I wouldn't care about them anymore. But the problem here is that they go to international competitions and they, they blew up important coefficient points for Georgia, you mm. know, and that's the thing I don't like. If they want to keep their uh, house playing and uh, their stupid uh, smoke-selling ideas, 
Well, they can do that, but you know, just stop destroying Georgian football aspirations. I'd rather to see Lokomotivi and even Gagra playing in Europe because at least they can bring us some points. They can give better conditions to other clubs, uh, better options for for some of our players than what is doing Dinamo Tbilisi right now. I mean, this is just embarrassing. Yeah, and we should uh, just highlight there that Dinamo Tbilisi lost four matches out of four in Europe uh, against Nefci and then Maccabi Haifa. Well so done, there, guys. There was a zero-point um, contribution here. On the other hand, Dinamo Batumi did what they could. They had a very nice 1-0 victory away in Turkey, which got some important points, even though they didn't qualify. So you see, even when they fail, they still provide something to the, to the, to the Georgian coefficient. And I want to speak about that a bit, because we have now fallen to place number 46th on the ranking. Out of 55, so what we have, what, what is that like? Yeah, you know, less than 10. We're like the 10th worst league in Europe. It could uh, be worse, Emir. It could be worse. Right <laughs> uh, and let me just read a couple of nations here who are above Georgia. So that's Faroe Islands, Kosovo, Moldova, Armenia, Latvia, Albania, just to name a few. And I can't help but feeling like, wow. Like we should be at least ten places higher, in my realistic view, if clubs were just properly uh, being properly managed with a vision and and, you know all all of that. What's your take? Like you you said, it could be worse. So that that mean you're happy with forty six? Well, definitely, I'm not. I'm not happy with forty six, but. Uh, I can't, I, you know, maybe you can you can do the maths there, but what will happen if Dilagori doesn't win at home and uh, and Gagra doesn't get a draw? You know, imagine them failing as, as Dinamo Tbilisi failed, you know? Mm. Uh, I, I guess that will be like two or three steps even 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 behind what we are right now. You know, it, it's it's the result. You know, I'm not surprised by the statistics because this is a result of what's, what's going on in Georgia and, and we have... We have we have spoken about this many times, Samir, and it's the developing projects. They just think on the short term, you know. And now I'm really interested on on, on watching what's going to happen with Dinamo Batumi because they have they have kind of kept the same players and they have the same methodology for two years, and they didn't qualify to the group stage. So now I'm thinking, what will happen from now on? Will they be uh, remain patient to try once again the next year, or or they will start to lose all the players because you know. The last year, Flamarion, he left. Uh, some other boys left. And now I see that some of the guys have been some international offers besides Azarovi. So, uh, you know, what will happen from now on? Because the quest here is that if they manage to keep the team, if they play for the third year in a straight, uh, I'm pretty sure that they will, they, will, they will get closer. If not, that they will qualify to the group stage. And that's what we all need. Um, but if they start losing everything as they usually do in Georgia, then we're gonna be end up speaking about the same as what we've seen during the last 30 years. So um, I'm guessing that the upcoming weeks are going to be really interesting for our, for all of us and relevant of what we have to expect for the next year. But happy I'm not, and I'm pretty sure that you're 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 not either. <laughs> no, of course I'm not, and but it's not the fault of Batumi, so. I can see oh, the lights, not. and I can also see the yeah the kind of more dreadful side. But I want to ask you, like, do you consider Batumi now having officially passed uh, 
you know, should we consider them having passed like this kind of Georgian barrier as they have now this more successful European qualification path behind them? And the fact that they did well, does it consider, do you still, do you value it yet of saying like, okay, now we finally did it. We passed a hurdle, which we would have got stuck in before, but now we actually passed it this, this year or a team did. Well, yes and no. Uh, I will say no in the sense that uh, we have we have seen Georgian teams playing in the playoffs like three or four times in the last 10, 15 years. So it's not like impossible for Georgian clubs to, to manage to get to the playoffs and to have a shot for the group stage. They've been a bit unlucky in the, in the playoff draws. They had to face really stronger teams like teams from Greece, from, from, from England. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you can't even imagine... A Georgian club beating a club from from the Premier League. I remember it was Tottenham, right? It was Tottenham, yes. Uh, and you know, every time we've managed to get to the groups to the playoffs, uh, it's been uh, you know quite dramatic. Um, so yes, uh, well, from that sense, we've been closer than what Dinamo Batumi was this year. But from the other side, Batumi, and this is what you've said, we see a project there. We see something prominent going on. We see something building in process. So that's why we are hopeful. You know, this is rising, and that's why we are kind of expecting what will happen in the future. And I do believe, and this is something you're going to love, Amir, I do believe that what Batumi did was to overcome the so-called Georgian mentality. You know, then this is something we have mentioned several times in our episodes. And I do believe that Batumi defeated this, this Georgian mentality in Belarus. And let me tell you something. It was defeated in Turkey as well. You know, as uh, as they won against Sivaspor, uh, and they even had the chances to to get the qualification. There was a there was a couple of there were a couple of episodes that they missed really good opportunities, uh, and at the end they lost in, on extra time. So you know, there we can start speaking about lack of physical fitness or maybe lack of strong substitute players. But we can't say Dinamo Batumi was knocked off um, by Georgian mentality. So this is something important to mention that we understand that we, our teams can go and play good football away and not just close with 10 guys in the defense as, as usually other clubs do. Mm. Um, but yes, I, I will say that uh, from, the, from, from the side of historical matters, no, I'm not surprised, but on the side that the way they did and the kind of, of strong performance they had, I will say yes, that they show that something different. And if not the kind of rivals they had, I would say they could easily go through, you know. So, yeah, Bate and Sivaspor both were stronger teams on paper than Dinamo Batumi. And yet Batumi played really decently. But uh, I, I would say if they had the path of any other Georgian club, which was in, in European clubs, in the, in the European tournaments, I, would, I could say they, they, had, they would have more chances. But yeah, um, it's a 50-50 feeling. For now, I, I'm just expecting what, what will happen in the future. Mm. And, uh, but for the recent years, this has been the best, the best I've seen for, for, for Georgian clubs. Mm. After yeah. Zestaponi, maybe? Uh, yeah, and then Dynamo, a few cases. I mean, was it Ike Athens they played also in playoff? Oh, and we lost uh, by, the, by a late penalty kick, right? On the, on the last minute of the extra times. Yeah, oh I my god! Yeah. I think so. I, I don't remember exactly, but uh, I remember we played some playoff moments before, and we can say that should Batumi have passed 
somehow Sivaspor, let's say that they didn't lose in overtime. It would have been a pretty nice game against Copenhagen in a in a playoff. And that's another tough one. So you're you're play, you're, you're playing Tel Aviv and Shukura and uh, this kind of teams in random scenarios, and then you go and play three top quality clubs. I know it's it's not easy. That's why we need to incre- increase the level of the local championship as well. That's why we need other projects like Dinamo Batumi in the Maglesi Liga. Yeah, I think you need like three of them. Make a competitive, At least. Yeah. yeah, make a competitive top three. Because I think Batumi will probably feel, you know, for next season, I'm sure that they feel already, we are a candidate for the title, you know, without even having to plan their squad of how they would look like. Because the rest are so weak that even if Batumi lose three, four key players, they'll still be among the best in the country because the rest are not competitive enough. And, uh, well, you could say that, well, Dila and Loco and Sabutalo should should do better. Um, I don't think they're there yet, though. Mm. You, you know what will happen if, if, if Batumi qualifies to the European tournaments in the group stage? They will start to generate this kind of shadowing effect on the rest of the clubs, as it, as it happened in, in the rest of the of the Eastern European nations, you know. Um once, for example, once Pate become in the team it is, you know, and decide to qualify constantly to the to the group stages, then uh, locally started to Dinamo Minsk started to become a stronger rival because they had to do something different to to challenge Pate. So that's where you you see that some of the clubs in Belarus started to invest better and to become stronger, and and, and even the even their championship has now. Now you know heading up, it's 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 much better. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that that's the kind of, of of step we have to we have to pass, you know. And uh, I'm I'm happy that Armenia did because after Alaskert's uh, current campaign, if they manage to get these resources and and to move that money internally in the Armenian Championship, I'm pretty sure that they will they will have more teams in in closer to Europe next year. And why not? Even even two of them qualifying. Because that's the natural, you know, increasing way. You know, that's that's natural way to to become more competitive overally. So I'm guessing that if Batumi managed to go to to twenty group stage, that will happen. If they don't, then we will st- will keep in the same spot. Because you know what we see right now is what we'll we'll keep seeing. Like Dinamo Tbilisi is saying that they will bring new players, and Torpedo finding new investors. And some Dilagori finding, you know, at the end it's going to be always the same. And, and, and unless we see actually a, a club performing well in Europe, and then they will feel the pressure. Before that, impossible. Mm-hmm. So you think it takes just one club to run away once, and then the rest will have to speed up? Yes, of course, like because they will effect. gain a lot of money. Yeah, of course, they will get a lot of money, they will bring a lot of players. Uh, even they, they, could, they could even get the best players of the rest of the Georgian clubs. So they will become the team to beat. And uh, yeah, that will push everybody. Competition—that's the—that's what it is about. But you know, the money of entering a group stage like uh, the Conference League. I think Alashkert now—I think they're guaranteed now three million euros. Uh, and then if they win a couple of matches here and there, of course, that that will that fee will uh, will, will increase. Do you think three million euros and you know maybe three four is enough to to separate yourself for a long time in in the Georgian League? Well, they have done it in other leagues. Why not in Georgia? So uh, you have the strongest team, 
you are performing in Europe, which means that you will have more sponsors and better sponsors. You'll have the stadium full in, in many of the games. Uh, that's in, in, that's in comings, right? You're selling shirts. Um, Marketing-wise, you're having fans. You know, you know, you know, around around Europe, if not the world. And you're you're the best, and you're becoming champion because you're the best. That's for sure. And the next year, you're still the best. And in addition to that, you have more money. So you know, there's there's no other way. There's no other way that to generate pressure on the rest of the mm. team. That's that's just the natural. Except if Dinamo Tbilisi is doing it, because if they get to the three million euros, imagine where would they go? We would never see them in the football. Well. Um, that's a good exception. <laughs> but but maybe even if they do it, because, you know, even if, if Dinamo Tbilisi qualifies, they will generate the same shadowing uh, project in the rest of them. You know, because the rest will say, okay, they went, they went through. Now we want to go there, you know? Now we want that mm. money. So, yeah, maybe, maybe Dinamo Tbilisi will be an, a small exception, but it will generate exactly the same reaction. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting one. You do make some valid points, Kaka, but remember, you said you guarantee next year. So I'm going to wait for that. I'm going to hold you accountable. <laughs> yeah, that's a guarantee. I'm pretty sure they will. For the next year, I'm pretty sure they will. Great. Uh, no, I don't remember. Well, we can say that the league is put on hold now for a month. We forgot to mention uh, before. Yes, and I'm, I'm really worried about that because, Emir, we're, we must not forget that the national team is playing in a couple of weeks. Um, from now and um, well I was hoping that some of the guys of the local league maybe from Dinamo Batumi even they could join the national team um, but uh, yeah after this uh, another uh, hit by COVID I'm, I'm, I'm sure that players are going to be out of form and this also might mean that the national team will play again possibly in empty stadium so uh, yeah it's, it's just bad news on that side Mm. But it's only for a month, right? And well, when do we play the qualifiers? It is in the beginning of September, right? Mm. We have the qualifiers at the beginning. Mm. Yes, but of course, the Georgian luck must always strike when you think you're going on a, you know, on a great path. Something must always happen that changes that that direction, you know. Yeah, and speaking about Georgian luck, I'm I'm really worried about our defenders as they're struggling a lot. Amir, Kurkvelia uh, is still without club. Yeah. Tval is injured. Kakabadze is not playing in, in but, Poland. Let me include the buff. There's a new king in Copenhagen. You know who that is? <laughs> Rachelava, I'm guessing. Yes. He scored in like the biggest derby in Denmark, uh, in front of a full uh, full parking stadium, and he got a lot of praise after that. And he is becoming a, quickly a fan favorite. Um, yeah, that's uh, he had a couple of I think one two bad games in the beginning, and then. Now he's like the number one defender in the eyes of many fans already. And, you know, uh, I saw some, some videos and clips after that, uh, that Derby victory. It was quite fun to see the praise and uh, yeah, the positivity around, around Kocholava. Uh, so that's positive. We, had, uh, we have at least one defender who will come in with, with good confidence. That's wonderful. And we said it, right, in the beginning. Oh, I remember the first games were not good and we, we, we instead everybody to be patient. Uh, and I'm really glad that he's, he's, he's proving back. He's a really good guy. I really like him. Yeah, but then the question is, who will be the second defender? I mean, you can't go in there with one fantastic defender. And then 
Mm-hmm. And, and also, and especially if you have three games in a week, yeah, maybe Kashia. Uh, yes, that's uh, he's he's still I think there. So Kochlava and, and Kashia, it seems the, the safest bet, I guess. Yeah, Tabitze is still recovering from surgery. He will be out mm. for a couple of months more. Uh, but uh, you know, and uh, some of the other guys, they're still they're just gaining their 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 form because their leagues are just starting these these days. But uh, I'm also thinking about Hochorashuli. He is he was not in the list of Levante. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, randomly speaking, also I'm worried about our central forward positions. I know we have Mikel Tadze. He's not. He has uh, not playing. He hasn't played in the in the in the in the league yet. But uh, he looks to be the the only one central forward for the national team right now. I'm I'm not sure what's going on. Gagua, who had a, we had a lot of expectations, he's not playing yet. So I don't know. Do you think that Sanyol will have some some changes in the list for this for this upcoming matches, Samir? Possibly. I think I'm suspecting Casa is really might be included this time. Oh, yes. Uh, and you're not you... happy for that. You have been reminded me many times about <laughs> how wonderful he plays over there, and I've just seen some highlights. And I think now that he's in form, that it would be silly not to include him. I still think that it's not just a given, but we need some some depth. And I think you know we're we mostly we're mostly uh, excited about our our offensive capabilities. Like imagine just you know Chakwe Kite. Clara, Sita uh, as well, right? Is he, is he back, by the way? So yes, he's back. He's back, and, and definitely he will he will be in the national team. I'm exactly. Sure. So you see, I think I think we have a really nice offensive midfield, and it's just that central forward which is like a bit doubtful. Sizivadz is now mostly on the bench in Feyenoord in Hungary, um, so we cannot count on on big majestic big Z. Yeah. Um, but you know, because that's the situation in in Mets is that they play with with one forward and he's just ranked number two, I guess, in 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 the order right now. So we have to be mm-hmm. a bit more patient there and see if he can get some minutes in uh, in League One and you know surprise Ramos at times and these kind of things. Um, but for now, uh, yeah, it looks like, like a bit of a question mark. Kacharava is, I guess, not even considered at this stage no i'm not sure if he's his feet quilitaya possibly he will be called but you know mm. uh, maybe i'm thinking about the false nine uh composing the okrasvili or kazaisvili you know guys who have enough experience and i, w- I wouldn't put them on the in the in the midfield area anymore because if you have the guys we have right now uh for example i prefer if chakwe is fit I prefer Chakpe to play there, and uh, of course, uh, um, of course, our, our young boys, even Sitaishvili, if he's, he's invited, Paratschelia. So I would put uh, Okri and Kazaishvili as central forwards. I wouldn't, I wouldn't care about no. them being short. No, I mean you know how it is. In national team, we will always get goal contribution, not from the forwards, but from the offensive midfielders, whether they're wingers or you know the the number ten. That we we never had a prophetic. Uh, constantly goal scoring uh, center forward for a long time. I mean, I'm talking a modern time now. So it, it, the, the threat will always be from, yeah, from the small technical kind of 
agile players that we have at the moment. Uh, I, I know you want to mention another player who moved. Yes, Levan Schengelia. Mm -hmm. Yes, he moved to Belgium. And, uh, well, he's a good boy. I like him as well. Um, a, a bit a bit strange in, in certain moments. But, well, he's now in Leuven. And hopefully mm -hmm. he will have some minutes and some time. And he will learn more and new, new, new things. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he, he, he will be also for sure in the national team. He's been... He's become a very consistent player in the list, not in the starting lineup. But you know, he's he's pretty okay, pretty decent when when you need to somebody to come in and to fight there for, for on on the on the winger side. I'm guessing that he's he's one of the prominent uh, players we have in, in the current generation. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I I, I like the move because I know for a long time it was talk about him going back to the Georgian league, and I'm just thinking, no, no, it's. Nice that he wants to help some of our teams in Europe, but for his career, he should, you know, remain competitive. I like him because he has sort of an X factor in the fact that he has a great distance shot and he can score from weird angles and uh, situations, something that I kind of lack um, when it comes to Georgian players, you know, someone who has an, a bit of an X factor. And I, I like that about him. So I, I still feel we have some tools to perform good. It's going to be a very, very important game against Kosovo. Uh, three points, extremely necessary there. And uh, we have to do it seemingly without a center forward, but that's uh, by the looks of it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the defensive midfielder's position. I, I'm thinking that, um, that Kankawa is going to be still there. But as you have seen in the ra in the last national team matches, he's he's just playing just 60 minutes, not more. Uh, but also, I wanted to ask you, well, who would you consider for that position? Because Kwekwe looks to be alone right now. But also, but also, I liked two of the guys that are playing in Dinamo Batumi, and I consider they could have chances in the national team. And those are Mamuchashvili and Altunashvili. Yeah. Well, what are your opinion? What is your opinion about these guys? Yeah, I think that if uh, we have seen Estanol is pretty positive towards trying some domestic options, and I think these two will be next. Uh, I, I really do believe so. Maybe not to be playing in the very important matches, but uh, in friendlies and possibly in the Nations League, it could be considered. I think we need to explore more options there because, like I said, we only have quicker uh, there. To realistically take over from from Kankawa, uh, so yeah, we, we need some more options there. I agree. From the domestic league, if you really have to find someone, I think that that's where you have to look. You have to look at those two names. There are no other mm. names who can realistically be next in line domestically. Looking, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be really interesting, and I'm guessing that for our next episode, we will have already the list, the mm -hmm. for, the official list of of Sanyol, so we can we can check it out and. And see what what we could expect for the next, next games. Yeah. By the way, we have to mention that Georgia will play also uh, Bulgaria in Sofia, a friendly match in in the in the first week of September. So so yes, it's gonna be it's gonna be again three games in a week. That's that's positive that we will at least have the opportunity to see more players, and possibly that's the reason Sanyol agreed on the on the friendly match because he also he wants to keep watching new guys. So yeah, I like his style. I like his style, and he's not wasting a single opportunity to, to, to kind of uh, have more information. 
Yeah, and especially now when the when the local league is going on a bit of a break, uh, I think it's a good time to try Altunashvili, for example. Uh, you know, it, it, they won't be completely unfit uh, from this break. So keep them warm and at the same time see them in a good environment. And then you can hopefully get some positive answers. Yeah. Just to wrap up this topic, Emir, yeah. uh, just a, a friendly reminder to everybody that the 2nd of September, Georgia is receiving Kosovo. This is going to be Batumi. And on 5th of September, we're playing in Spain, away. And uh, on September 8th, we are playing the friendly game we just mentioned against Bulgaria and Sofia. So, yeah, uh, we have a, an interesting uh, an interesting week coming up in next September. That is for sure. Uh, I don't know about you, Kaki, but it feels nice to be here again recording after four weeks and recapping this because uh, now having everything in front of me and having you know thought through everything I, I, I feel uh, I feel quite positive still you know uh, about Jordan football and for a while there I was just pulled into the dark from mainly the Dynamo disaster but I'm, I'm starting to look uh, a bit hopeful again after especially some performances like Ma, uh, Mamarda Shuli's uh, fantastic game gave me real uh, you know real enthusiasm again so, well that's the thing you learn after after becoming fan of Georgian football to <laughs> to appreciate this really small positive details because we are so used to be in the dark that every small a, a small shining spot is is positive for us and uh, enough to make us feel kind of constructive so yeah welcome to the feeling man <laughs> yeah very low maintenance but you know I'm, I'm getting there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if, if I should kind of congratulate you or, or be sorry for you, but you yeah, should that's the congratulate me here. I think <laughs> we, we end with positive uh, notes. Um, do you want to have any closing remarks or? No, just uh, just uh, say that I also missed the the episode and everybody. Uh, a couple of guys they were they were writing and uh, well, we're okay. <laughs> it's everything fine. It was. Uh, uh, natural, yes, yes. As Amir mentioned, we had some yeah. some things going on, but yeah, we're here, and you know the passion uh, remains the same. So yeah, hope to see you in a couple of weeks as usual, and with further and interesting news. Absolutely. With those words, we want to thank everyone for listening again, and uh, until next time, guys, we say nafandis.